welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. I think I think you should explain your previous setup a little bit, like because uh, that's actually kind of interesting. Okay, so I guess um, long story short, we've got a new Echo Plus, as in the new, the second generation. Because the first gen kind of looks like a, a tube of Pringles, and this yep. this new one is, it looks more like the regular Echo in that it's got kind of the mesh fabric kind of wrapped around it. It's just slightly fatter and slightly like a domed top, well not domed but slightly more rounded. So yeah, I guess to wind the clock back a little bit um, to talk about what we had before, we had a, an Echo Dot, and yep. that was plugged into our an amplifier which was then plugged into a couple of speakers and of course that meant that we had to leave our that amplifier had to be on basically 24 hours a day because the whole point of these echo devices is that they're kind of there whenever you need them so of course it'd be no good for me to decide oh i'll talk to the echo and start talking like oh damn it the amp's off right i need to go and turn the amp on and that you know it just That'd be awful. It defeats the purpose. Yeah, completely. So we, we've lived now for getting you know, just over two years, actually, with the dots. And it's been great. It's kind of been in the back corner of like the kitchen, but it's a really sort of cluttered setup, really. It, it's, it's like this kind of little table unit cupboard thing that's got the amp stacked on it, that's got the two speakers precariously stacked on top of the amp with the <laughs> Echo Dot kind of just resting on top of one of the speakers it's, it's like waiting to fall over basically yeah um, so i've got my birthday in november have had her birthday in december then christmas came and went and between us we seem to amass all these like little amazon vouchers and so we kind of added them all up and because a lot of the vouchers they didn't actually say what value they were on them they were just like these kind right. of generic christmasy amazon vouchers and you have to go <laughs> online to see what they're worth so like um yeah, actually, one of the people that gave them to us, it's like, wow, that's actually worth quite a lot. We need to say thank you again for that. Um, so, yeah, we added all the stuff up, and that, we, we had enough for um, a new Echo. And we kind of were half looking at a new Echo because it came about about a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, our broadband, we came out of our, our contract for our, our broadband, home broadband here, and I started shopping around, and I looked at BT, and one of their deals was sign up within the next two days, you know, special offer, big flashing text, you know, you know, and you get a, get a new Amazon echo. And I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. And I told Heather about it and she's like, Oh yeah, great. Cause then we could get rid of that kind of weird setup we've got with the amp and the speakers and the echo dot. We could just have this neat little cylinder. That'd be great. And we could basically yeah. then relocate it to somewhere more convenient in, in the room that it's in because it's kind of far away in the corner and it doesn't always hear us because like where we kind of okay. hang out in the room it's quite a distance from where it's um actually positioned and yeah, yeah it's not the greatest for we get quite a lot of failures where you have to kind of raise your voice and sometimes shout to make it hear you especially if you're already playing music right so yeah i guess the, we didn't end up going for the bt package with the amazon echo but it kind of left that idea in the back of our minds and when we added up all these Amazon vouchers, it was like, great, okay, we have enough money for um, essentially an Amazon Echo. Um, Let's do it. And we started looking around at reviews and I couldn't for the life of me figure out whether it is worth getting the new Echo Plus in terms of sound quality. Because one of my reservations was, it's like, this sound might not be that good. But Heather was like, well, I don't mind. And I was like, well, I might. (laughs) Because I'm a bit more picky with sound quality. But 
yeah, in the end, we decided just to pay the bit extra and get get the plus version, which apparently has a little bit better sound. But I'm, yeah, I honestly don't know. And it sounds okay. I wouldn't say it sounds brilliant. It's quite bassy. Um, yeah. And thankfully, I'm kind of one of those morons that thinks that bass means it's good quality. <laughs> I've got a friend who um, is really into his audio, and, and yeah, I, I drive him crazy when I think that anything that sounds bassy must be of decent quality. Yeah, it's, we've we've now got an Echo Plus in the kitchen, which has now freed up the Echo Dot to go in the front room. I was going to ask, actually, does this mean you're now a um, a two Echo family? Well, yeah, we're now a multi-Echo family, yeah. Um, and, what, and what's brilliant is I... I only realised this like a day or so after we got the new Echo, is that you can intercom between them. So now we've got an intercom between the kitchen and the front room. I didn't realise they could do that. <laughs> so you, so I say I'm in the front room, and whoever's in the kitchen, I could say to the one in the front room, um, drop into the kitchen, and then it just sets up an intercom, so we can just start talking, um, which is quite cool. Um, which Heather managed to use to her advantage. I think she dropped in on me when I was in the kitchen and asked me to make her a hot chocolate one night, which um, was quite a, quite a cool <laughs> use of it, I thought. <laughs> oh, wow. So you could actually use them as a... Um, could you use it as a, a baby monitor? Well, that was the first thing Heather said. She's like, oh, my God, yeah, I could, like, you know, if Oliver falls asleep in his little kind of chair thing in the kitchen, which he quite often does, I could just come in the front room, leave him in peace, read my book, and have the Amazon, you know, the Echo thing on as a monitor. But... Um, we haven't tried it, and also one thing I said was, well, if it detects no noise for ages, would it kind of like end the intercom call, perhaps? Yes, it's, you'd need something running on the device, an app of some sort, to kind of behave as the monitor. Like a skill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of apps are called skills See, I'm, on the I'm, Echo. I'm quite clueless, yeah, I was going to say I'm quite clueless about the, uh, the terminology, to be honest with you. Yeah, so what is an app? What we would think of an app is sort of, yeah, kind of called a skill. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So that's an interesting point, actually. I might have to look into that. Yeah, we we have used the iPhone as a baby monitor with the AirPods. That was a cool thing. Um, we went out in the car and Oliver um, fell asleep and we pulled into the driveway and it's like, do we wake him up? Do we leave him? Do we, well, What do we do? Um, so we went into the kitchen where we had sort of line of sight of the car anyway because we've got a window that like is right onto the where the drive is. Um, so I just left my iPhone in the car plugged in the AirPod and put it in that accessibility mode. I think it came out with iOS 12, where it kind of turned right. your AirPod almost into like a hearing aid. Obviously not a yep. hearing aid, but, you know. Um, yeah, it was really good. Like, yeah, one of those features that, um, you know, obviously been available for ages, but, um, yeah, super, super useful. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. I've got two two Echoes now. Um, re- really pleased with the, the Plus. The sound quality seems reasonably good. I say it's not brilliant. It's not like, oh, wow, this sounds great, but it sounds fairly decent. And for the money, I guess, yeah, it's probably about right. Um, I mean, nowhere near HomePod standards. I mean, I've heard a HomePod in the Apple Store, and that was decent. You know, that, that could go loud, and it sounded good. The issue yeah. I've got with the Echo Plus that we've got is that the sound kind of, it moves. As, as I move around the room, the sound kind of varies a little bit like there's sweet spots and there's you know like bits in the room where it doesn't sound as good um right which i think the, the whole point of the home pod is is that it kind of addresses that because it works out where it is and where there's walls and where there's objects and it sort of you know projects the sound in the right direction um yep. i get the impression that the echo just doesn't do that it you know the sound is free to exit the device in a kind of 360 degree way because this, you know, the way it's just got like little holes all around it where the sound can exit, but I don't think it's actually, you know, 
the sound is projected in one way more than the other. Whereas the HomePod's got that yeah. kind of array of speakers, hasn't yeah. it? It's, it's also, there's quite a big price difference there, though, isn't there, between the two? There is, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, what did we pay? Well, we didn't pay for it, we used vouchers, but had we paid, it would have been 139 for the Plus or 90 for the non-Plus version. So had it, yeah. had it, had we been like coughing up actual money, I'd have probably gone for the regular one, but we were like, well, you know, it, it's going to be the only speaker in the room. And if it means we get a little bit better sound quality and we're not actually paying real money for it, it's just vouchers like, yeah, fine, let's just get the big one. But yeah, um, <laughs> You compare them, apparently. If you buy an extra plus, you compare them. So you get stereo and they sell a sub as well to further improve it. So it's not like we're stuck with the sound Even we've got. Basier. Yeah. So, you know, it might be that we can look down that road later on. Maybe I mean, I doubt we will, to be honest, but the option's there at least. But Yeah, yeah. you're thinking maybe like for um, for your living room set up to be sort of connected to the television? Probably not. It'd be more to improve the kitchen sound because the kitchen kind of extends into like a dining area, sort of open plan. So it's quite yep. a long, thin room. Um, and and the issue was the the dot was kind of in the corner of the dining room, which is the opposite end to where the kitchen is. Yeah. So now we now it's just like a we've got the the Echo Plus. It's like a cylinder, and we can just pop it on the counter, like on the kitchen yep. where it takes no room. You know, basically. Um, just one plug does it all and yeah it's really nice i found a battery pack on amazon that looks quite good as well um third okay. third party i think but basically it's this little base that you sit in and it contains a battery so like i don't know in the summer if we're barbecuing outside and we're still within range of wi-fi we could just take pick it up and take it outside of us um i think that, yeah. that could be quite nice so you're using you're using it for music a lot when you're in the kitchen right this is, is more of a sort of accessing music kind of um device that's basically all it does um i mean charlie's figured out he can say hello to it now which is quite interesting he keeps like saying you know i won't say a name um and then he was like say hello and it'll say hello back and he giggles and he thinks it's brilliant and he just keeps doing that over and over and over again i don't know when he's gonna when it's gonna become old <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's basically music um which is kind of again i did think you know do it, you know, we've got like so much money. It's about you know we had 140 in vouchers. I thought, do I do I almost put in that amount again and get a HomePod because then we're getting like you know the really good audio. But then of course, then yeah. you're locked into Apple Music, aren't you? Essentially, yeah. And I'm not paying for that at the moment, and I've got I'm not really inclined to start paying for it, and certainly not for like the foreseeable future because if you don't have Apple Music, it's kind of pointless having the home pod i would say and i don't have that much of a music library personally that i could link it to yeah so that kind of ruled it out a the price of the hardware and then b the integration of apple music or nothing basically so yep. yeah we were kind of left with um with the echo that seemed like the, the place where we landed uh so are you, are you using spotify rather than than apple music no we're using amazon music Right, okay. This is again it further strengthens the argument why we got it because we have Amazon Prime anyway just for like the shipping and the and the on-demand video. Um yeah, yep. Prime Video and of course as part of that bundle you you get Amazon Music. So you just sign in with the Amazon account that we get Prime with and then we get access to like I think it's a million songs. Right, so it's all in. Yeah, so it's it's there's, there's no extra expense just to get music pumped into your house from Amazon which is really quite nice. It doesn't have everything. Like a million songs sounds like a lot, but it's not a lot. It's 
you find the gap. Yeah, if if you stay with like the mainstream, you're probably going to be okay. But if you start wandering off into like you know kind of niche genres and and bands, you, you're going to find that it doesn't have it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think you can pay four pounds per echo to then have like forty right. million tracks, which is kind of getting on towards like oh, okay. Spotify levels of of uh, of catalog, isn't it? I, I would guess. But yeah, I guess so. But, That's an interesting kind of delineation in, in catalog. Yeah, but I think you know, given that it comes bundled with our Prime membership and it's a million songs, and normally we don't actually, we never actually request a specific song. Um, right. It's more like you just say to it, again, I won't say a name, um, just play some music, and then it will come back saying, "Here's a station you might like. Um, I don't know, classic rock or all noughties or all nineties or eighties hits or something." Yep. More often than not, I'm like, "Yeah, that'll do," and I just listen to it while I'm cooking dinner or something. I'm not too like. You know, worried about listening to, or I want to listen to this Metallica album right now, and I ask it. To, I mean, you could do, but again, chances are it might not have a whole album or or whatever. But yep, yeah, it seems to be really good. And what this has actually opened up is not something I really anticipated. Actually, was our smart lights. Do you remember a few months ago I got those smart lights from IKEA? Yes, the, I think it's Tradfree yep. they're called. Um. So long story short, we bought the um like the hub, so it exposes the lights to like things like um home kit. But we I we just don't use it in that way. It's kind of weird. We bought all these smart lights, but we use them just like regular lights in that we use the dimmer switches IKEA provide. Yep. And that's just about it. So for all intents and purposes, they're just normal lights. Okay. Um just because it is such a faff to get your phone out of your pocket, load up the home app, and then find the room that you want to control, and then turn the light on. Um, you know, normally you just walk past the light switch and hit it, and it turns on, which is fine. Um, you can do it on your Apple Watch, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still on my Series Zero, and it's yeah, you know, slow. So yep. yeah, we just haven't really been using the smart features of of the lights at all, really, um, until this week we've um because i've been set now we've got um our echo dot in the front room which is where our smart lights are um now it's kind i've kind of opened those up to the um the echo and and yeah it's great it's really really great and much more um much smarter than i thought it would be in the way that you talk to it so i've made rooms so where have we got smart lights we've got um I've got one in the office here where I am. I've got one in the bathroom, which is controlled by a motion sensor. So that kind of just takes care of itself, really. Um, the motion sensor just turns it on and it goes off after five minutes. So I don't really do any, like, smartness with that at all. It just is self-contained. No. Um, then but we, that still gives you a little bit more utility than you had before. It does, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. And then we've got the front room, which is kind of got four bulbs in the ceiling. Um so I've made a room called like lounge and I've told told the um the echo dot that you live in the lounge. I made this room called lounge and I said you live in the lounge as do these four bulbs. So now if I'm in the lounge and I say turn the lights on or turn the lights off it picks up. I'm sure the one in the kitchen can hear me because the mics are really good the new plus that we've got but obviously the one the dot that's in the front room hears us better. So that yep. one kind of takes the command. It's like, okay, so the dot heard you. And then 
because I say turn the lights on, the dot goes, oh, okay, so he's saying turn the lights on to me, therefore probably wants the the lights to turn on that are just in the same room as I'm in. So it just turns the front right. room lights on and just turns the front room lights off. I, okay. I was a bit worried that, given that I've kind of found the echoes to be a little bit verbal command liney sometimes, I was a bit worried that I'd have to say, you know, turn on the lounge lights or turn off the lounge lights. And I I don't really want to have to say that because it's a little bit too much, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't want to say turn on the lights and then every single smart light in the house turns on and I say turn off the <laughs> lights and every single smart light goes off. Um, but no, it doesn't do that. It works really, really well. So it's that that is just like, yeah, been kind of an unintended consequence, I think, of of getting the second echo uh, in that now the lounge has one and it can completely control the smart lights. Um, so just by saying turn the lights on, the front room lights come on, which is really nice. And if you go into the That's kitchen cool. and say turn the lights on, it's like, well, I don't have any smart lights in the kitchen because we don't have any. And it knows that the new Echo Plus is in the kitchen. So it will query you back and say, oh, you know, what, what lights do you, what lights did you mean? And then you can further right. specify and say, oh, the bathroom light, and then it'll turn the bathroom light on. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, more more smart well, than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit more like you'd have to be absolutely explicit when you wanted to turn a certain light on. But no, it's, it's been really good. Oh, you just wait. If that if that was the setup in my house, my boys would be using that to play pranks on each other. <laughs> well, I've had to resist it because because we've got the Apple TV that acts as a HomeKit hub, yeah. which means that any any device connected via HomeKit can be accessed outside of the home. So, like when I'm just out and about on three G, I can dial into the house via the Apple TV to turn the lights on and off. Right, um, and I. And obviously it also shows you the status of the lights that are on, so I can pretty much tell what room Heather's in while I'm out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the temptation to flick a light on and off just to mess with it has been quite strong, but I, I haven't so far. But yeah, that, <laughs> that day will come, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. Um, managed to avoid paying for Apple Music and Spotify and just, uh, yeah, just making do. So yeah, I guess keeping everything in mind with... Um, yeah, what I've just said about the echo and everything and avoiding Spotify, we should probably talk about the kind of the elephant in the room. Um with Spotify and Apple this week. I I don't know. I I still have mixed feelings. I'm not really sure I've drawn a conclusion so far. I I, I don't I'm curious to know what you think. Yes, it's interesting. This is Spotify quite publicly, well very publicly calling Apple out in terms of how Apple behaves with them. And uh, what was it there? They, they put a website out that says it's time to play fair and, and kind of details five or six main kind of grievances they have with Apple in terms of how Apple locks them out of the, the platform. Uh, I'm not 100% sure I really agree with all of their their grievances as they stand. Um, there's There's a variety in there um they sort of say about how they're um they're not able to use um siri which um we'll get to this i guess in a second but um apple have countered that to some degree and said that they've actually asked them quite a few times to sort of get involved with with that integration um they talk about it the 30% 30% fee that apps have to pay if they're using the in-app purchase system as being um, a discriminatory tax. Mm. Uh, 
in terms of how the rules are not applied evenly across the board. And I kind of don't, again, don't really feel like that's true. So they mention Uber, for example, and that's not using in-app purchases as, as the mechanism that uses Apple Pay. Um, so you're not you're not buying an in-app purchase. It's not a a, a thing that, that you know they've set up in App Store Connect. It, it's Apple Pay that's used for the connectivity there. Uh, so I don't I don't quite get that one in some senses. It seems like the thirty percent is the core of the issue, doesn't it? I mean, there's, there's a lot it of other does. there's a lot you know, of other it, things. It's the first thing on that list. Yeah. So yeah, it's the thing they've led with. Yeah. Um, and then kind of to the side of that is that if they don't use in-app purchases, uh, the only payment o- option on iOS is the thing they then say after that. So if we don't use in-app purchases, brackets, the only payment option on iOS, Apple in, in return bars us from communicating directly with our customers who access Spotify via Apple platforms. Uh, if I set up an in-app purchase, I don't get... Um, I don't get information about those customers. So I don't quite get that. I don't know if they're talking more about setting up subscriptions rather than in-app purchases here. Well, yeah, I mean, Spotify is a subscription service, isn't it? So I think they were having to charge twelve ninety nine a month if you bought via the App Store versus the nine ninety nine that you would get if you subscribed via the web because yeah. they weren't willing to kind of take the hit on the 30%. They were just going to have to charge that onto the customer. Um, but I... Yeah. I don't know whether I'm a bit biased here just because I kind of, you know, know my way around a computer really well and just generally how things work on the web. But if I was to download the Spotify app as a brand new customer or at any new music streaming service as a brand new customer um, and I got a login form saying sign into your Spotify account or whatever the service is called account and there wasn't an option to create one, I would just be like, oh, I'll just go on the internet and make it quickly. And that'd be the end of it. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're all getting. So that that was something they pointed out. They sort of said about how they they can't kind of um, link off to their service. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking because yeah, I'm I'm not even sure that would be that big of a deal for me. And maybe other users it would be. But if if it just if all I saw was a please sign in and I couldn't see a create account button, I would just jump straight into Safari, go to nameofservice.com, and look for a sign up button. So I, I feel like that is something Apple should be helping companies and developers out with. So I feel like the the inability to advertise your your service that is you know usually based out off off a website and is therefore like you know it's it's a web service of sorts. You've got a subscription or a login or whatever to access that. I feel like that is something you should be able to signpost in the app. Yeah, perhaps not like advertising the offer. But that whole process of creating an account, I don't see why why somebody should be having to sort of um, to go, all right, okay, I've hit a wall here and now I've got to go out to a browser somewhere. I know everybody does, but it, it feels like Apple could enable developers to reduce the friction there if they weren't being quite so cagey about everything on that front. Yeah, yeah, I get. I guess from Apple's point of view, like... I mean, Spotify are going to link you to their website and they've probably got no bad intentions at all, have they, in terms of like what they might you know, try and scam you as a customer. They're not, they're not going to do that. I guess yeah. the, the fear is is that other apps that 
would maybe do that. They would link you off to some awful website. And um, yeah, I, I agree with you that I, th- I think it's almost like there needs to be like a, a special program. Like when you're as, when you, when you are someone like Spotify or someone like Netflix or just someone like anyone, it's it's almost like there needs to be some like special considerations on a case by case basis. But then I suppose yeah. that opens up the argument to, well, so-and-so got this and now you're not giving me the same thing. And, uh, yeah, it's such a. I'm so glad it's not my problem because there's no <laughs> there's no one answer that, that's right. Because anything I say now, I could even say to myself, or you could say back to me, "Oh yeah, but," and you know, th- yes. that's the whole point, isn't it? Because we're dealing with so, so many companies and developers in the app store, dealing with so many customers. You either treat them all the same, in which you know some of them are going to get grumpy because you know treating everyone the same doesn't align with their business models and it's unfortunate that in this case you know a big company like spotify that relies on subscriptions that's that's a problem like where these rules really do cause a problem yeah um so what what's the solution do you bend the rules just for spotify so apple say you know we, we, we've got a, a unique special relationship with spotify or what do you do or do you change the rules for everyone and then if you change the rules for everyone those rules can be exploited by developers that perhaps don't have the user's best interests at heart it's yeah such a difficult yeah, so problem you, you, you could totally um envision this being abused if you could just go off and, and kind of create and set up an account and a subscription and the user is assuming that this is kind of safe and covered by by the cover that you have from Apple when you're dealing with the App Store to some degree, right? Yeah. Um, we won't get into nasty subscription models with apps here, but um, which obviously do exist. Um, but by and large, you've got a bit of cover. If anything goes wrong, you can speak to Apple and there is that. So yeah, having something where they could go and create and set up a subscription with a, a web service, I guess kind of means that they're no longer covered in that sense and it would be very easy for things to kind of come in and scam people and so yeah i mean maybe maybe that is part of the the reason for not having it and i guess what i would suggest there though is that it is in apple's gift to to consider doing something different about that um just in terms of like you were saying before maybe there's a an ability to have another level of approval to have some sort of like um uh, program or whatever for um gatekeeping who is allowed to use that and and present that sort of technology Uh, maybe there's something that um that apple could offer as a gateway to kind of give a bit more trust there I, i i don't know um but it feels to me like because this is something that um it benefits apple in some ways as well to sort of keep this stuff at arm's length on a number of levels you know, if you if you if you go to Apple Music, and this is Spotify's argument, really. I mean, if you go to Apple Music, you can go all the way through the process, I believe, in terms of signing up from the app. So the friction there for acquiring new users and that sort of thing is is so much less. Uh, so it kind of feels like this is something that, when it comes down to Apple's own services, they don't need to care about, so they don't see it in that way. And then when it comes to sort of damage control and limitation, it's also quite handy because it sort of keeps it over there. So it's, it's it's definitely, it's a mix of kind of, it benefits them to to not do something uh, whilst also sort of being, um, it's a hard problem as well. So 
it will take resource and energy to kind of think about. But equally, it kind of feels like, well, no, this is something they could put resource around if they chose to do so, and they could potentially come up with a way of doing this that is good for the user and also good for these other companies and services as well. Uh, but perhaps they've just not felt the need for all these other reasons. So on that level, um, and it's kind of a small level in terms of all the grievances that Spotify have leveled, but on, on that level for that sort of problem, I kind of agree with them. And I would like to see Apple sort of flex, I guess, in some ways. Uh, it, it's actually quite pronounced if you're using um, a TV service, for example, over on the Apple TV, where you've not got that ability to kind of go go off and create the account. Yeah. And you've then, you've then got to sort of jump through hoops on another device or that sort of thing. It, it's, um, yeah. So it would be good, I think, to have um, have some sort of service that devs could tap into for this or, or something that kind of just made it possible to do. I think at the very least, a, a solution, and this is just me having thought about it, sat here for 10 minutes now talking to you, um, <laughs> but a solution whereby... Because even just putting links like web links in your app to go off to another website, that could be a solution. Um, but of course, the app store rule is at the minute that, that you can't you can't sort of say like you know come over here and pay via our website and tap on a link and it loads Safari. That's like not allowed as a, as a policy. Yeah. Um, but I think that could be the way to the way to do it because then that's kind of giving Spotify and others the choice. Then isn't it? You can either have the kind of super slick integration of in-app purchases where the user just stays in in like you know the safety of the app and it's all taken care of and if the developers want to allow that and just be like you know what we're gonna have to pay the 30 percent and we're just gonna have to you know come to peace with that but at least then if it renews they get it drops to 15 percent, doesn't it yes but, um yeah. so that's kind of good um or if Apple allow it, if they can, on the sign-up form, say, not got an account yet, tap here, um, tap, and then it loads up Safari, and then it just goes over to Safari to be done. I mean, that's that's friction at that point, isn't it? Cause especially if you bounce out of the app and into Safari, and then, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's never as nice because you kind of lost your, your place, and, uh, and and that could be a point where customers may drop off just for like, oh, I can't be bothered if it's going to throw me out of the app and take me to some web browser. But yeah at least then that is a choice and it, that's kind of how you know spotify bypasses the 30 percent, but the user gets a, a worse experience and spotify don't look as neat and polished and potentially users yeah. might drop off as a result um but at least they've got that decision to make but at the moment policy dictates they can't do that and i think that's where i think apple are being too heavy-handed with that um but i yeah tough tough one i can see it from both sides even just saying this now i can see it from apple's side as well and i'm just yes i don't feel like i've properly concluded my thoughts on this yet i hear everyone else talking about it on every other podcast and blog and i I agree almost with everything everyone says regardless of which side of the fence they're coming from which is my problem with the the issue at the minute (laughs) i just agree that there's good sides on both sides and it's uh yeah very tough Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. 
Um, also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DW Roboheads. That's Roboheads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at Roboheads.com. Again, that's Roboheads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at davenot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore davenot.com.